Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. And this is I Can Explain. The podcast where we answer the questions that you are too afraid to ask. And this week's topic is delayed adolescence. Adult also babies. known as degayed, <laughs> degayed adolescence. Yeah. You missed that opportunity, gade Gade-lessons. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into today's episode, we could not be more excited to announce that drum roll please (laughs) (laughs) that i can explain podcast has its first sponsor yes i wish we were smart enough to insert like a clapping sound we just imagine that (laughs) yeah i'll clap imagine that there's that yeah woo um sorry if we were smart enough to insert a clapping sound we both have hands and we're like yeah if only (laughs) If only there was some way for us to make that happen. (laughs) So today's sponsor is Care Of, which is an amazing company where you can order vitamins and supplements delivered right to your door. So it's a super hassle-free service. And um, you can go to takecareof.com and fill out their super easy and convenient quiz that actually um, allows you to get vitamins and supplements that are customized specifically for your health goals, which I think is amazing because I have been someone for the last year since I've started taking vitamins that just buys a bunch of random vitamins. I don't know what they do and I just hope for the best, but doing this online quiz, it was actually customized for me and my needs, uh, which was really cool. And then it just arrived right to my door, super easy and convenient. And their products, their vitamins and supplements are super quality, backed by science, and we're super excited to be partnered with them. Uh, How did you find the online quiz? um adorable um easy so cute. <laughs> so cute super easy and also i have a lot of needs being a vegan and they were definitely all met so <laughs> yes we also love the fact that um not only is care of supporting um our lgbtq plus podcast but they're backing that up as a company with options like non-binary on their website when you're taking the quiz um so that is super important to us and we really appreciate them supporting our queer voices and we would love if you supported them right back by going to takecareof.com and you can use code explain 50 for 50 percent off your first order that's take care of.com using code explain 50 for 50 percent off your order of vitamins and supplements customized for you delivered right to your door before we get um into today's topic sean and i both wanted to mention that we are in complete support and standing in solidarity with the black community black lives matter and it's really important right now that we are listening to black voices and black queer voices black trans voices and we took the past week to learn listen Um, that is why there was no podcast last week. We wanted to make sure that there was space for those black voices and we want to express our commitment to continuing to amplify those black voices and continue to learn and support that community. Um, so we are starting that by making sure that we, 
um, point you in the direction of some amazing queer um, LGBTQ plus podcasts that are black owned and run. Um, and today's is the Bad Queers Pod. This is a podcast that was actually just started in April, um, and it is run by Shayna and Chris and you should go follow them on Instagram at bad queers pod. They have amazing content already up on their Instagram and we're just super excited to see what they do with that podcast. So let's get into it. Degade adolescence. Degade gay adolescence. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um so you're an adult baby. Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I asked Sean, because obviously, you know, if you're a listener that we always forget about um, what we've talked about before, or actually, I should say, I okay. always forget what we talked about I was before. Say, let's not say we here. <laughs> and Sean always calls me out for it when I think I have a new idea for a topic. And he's like, we've done that already like three times. But I know we've mentioned about delayed adolescence and how it affects the queer community in moments throughout our podcast episodes, but I don't think we've ever done a full episode on it. And I think it's important because anytime I speak about it, people in the queer community are like, oh my gosh, I thought it was just me. I thought I was the only messy late 20-year-old um, that was still wanting to go out and party and make out with five people in a night. And I'm like, and no, like, honey, no, you're I'm not right, alone. I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also yeah, a so basically, <laughs> <laughs> So basically, um, delayed adolescence is something that is super common for LGBTQ plus individuals, um, at least in my opinion, and I've definitely experienced it myself. And I just think it's something that's not talked about a lot. And I think a lot of, especially like my heterosexual friends, I was going to say fans, <laughs> my heterosexual fans, honestly, <laughs> all <three of> <laughs> fair <laughs> i'm just gonna start calling all straight people my fans from now on <laughs> my heterosexual fans yeah my fans <laughs> but i think they don't really understand like i always have these conversations with my straight friends and they're like i just don't get why gay people like want to go out so much like i'm 25 and i'm over it kind of thing and they don't yeah. really kind of get where that stems from um and you're like and... well i'm 45 but i'm like 19 in gay <laughs> years so <laughs> oh god <laughs> Um, yeah, so as a 45 year old, I feel like it's my job to explain to our community and the straights that are listening why this might be happening. Why and, it is quite the phenomenon that happens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it just like all stems from the fact that we spent so many years while everyone else was being messy and doing their thing in high school, like college dating around kissing people figuring themselves out maybe we were doing that but we were doing it in a way that was like not representative of the way we actually wanted to be doing it yeah we like, were doing that me. as someone else <laughs> yeah exactly i was doing that in the way that i thought i was supposed to be doing that and suppressing every ounce of my sexuality <laughs> exactly and that's the thing is like if you think about it if you have been like stuffing your real personality and sexuality down for about 10 years you have like 10 years to make up 
Yes. And that's it's like messy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, like, because a lot of people, especially people that I was friends with in high school, might be confused because they're like, okay, Brie, like, it's not like you were locked in your closet literally and not like partying and not like going out and kissing boys and like all these things and you're dating guys. So you were doing that stuff, but I wasn't doing it in the way I wanted to be doing it. And that entire time I was doing it because I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. And I thought if I wasn't doing that, then people would like call me on it. They'd be like, well, why do you not want to have a boyfriend? I also feel like, like, I felt like I was doing it almost like for survival, not mm. enjoyment. <laughs> and um, then I was like, like, oh, wait, maybe I should enjoy my life and sexuality. And that's kind of where it flipped. <laughs> okay, but isn't that weird? Because that's an important point. I don't really remember acknowledging to myself that I was supposed to actually be enjoying it. Oh, like, yeah. I remember not really realizing that anyone else around me was feel like was feeling any different than me. I honestly, there was a point in my life that I thought all girls were just kissing boys and dating boys because they felt like they were supposed to do that. I was like, yeah, I was like, well, we're all dating women, but we all hate it, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's how i felt i was like we all like have zero interest in actually like hooking up with these people yeah, right but I see, like, you know, I, I see a straight guy i'm like you know you know <laughs> we're in this together aren't yeah, we? soldiers of the same war <laughs> i remember thinking of it like very scientifically and being like oh well no woman really enjoys this it's just that's what you're supposed to do in life you're supposed to like make out with boys and then you're supposed to date a boy and then you're supposed to marry a boy and then you're supposed to have a kid with a boy and like that's how kids are made and that's scientifically what we're supposed to do you're like and... i'm on science's path baby <laughs> <laughs> so i literally thought that that was like the same for other people and then as i came to terms with my sexuality and started speaking more openly to other um, straight friends, they were like, oh no, like I actually want to like flirt with these boys. Like I actually want to talk to them. Like I actually want to kiss them and date them. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting twist. Yeah, you're like, wait a second. Am I being pranked? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like- yeah, go ahead. I think it's so funny, though, when people are like, well, why do queer people like going out so much? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, when I started to go out, like I was going to like straight clubs with my friends and I yeah. was getting jostled around by straight men and like mm-hmm. listening to terrible music and like not being comfortable and like hiding my sexuality. Mm-hmm. So to have a space that you feel like authentically yourself and comfortable and Britney is playing and Gaga is playing. (laughs) Like it's such a different experience and you like feel like you're like at home for the first time as lame as that sounds. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the way I would describe it, because I mean, like, you know, I love a good metaphor Mm -hmm. is 
Is this going to be a quote? <laughs> I used to, it's not quite a quote, but it's just as cheesy and awful. So I used to work at Delaney's coffee shop and they had these like amazing chicken sandwiches. So this when I first started so, working there. so weird already. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first started working there, I was so excited to be able to eat these chicken sandwiches because each shift, if we had a certain length of shift, we got like a free lunch. Okay. So I was so excited. Every day I would have one of these pesto chicken sandwiches. It was like the best ever. Then like a month into working there, I was like, oh God, why would anyone want this chicken sandwich? Like, it's so boring. I hate it because I've eaten it every fucking day. And I would describe that in the same way is like, us as queer individuals, we didn't get to start having our chicken sandwiches until years after all the straights had been having their chicken sandwiches. That was the biggest, biggest stretch of it. <laughs> also, first of all, a triggering story as me as a vegan. Get your chicken out of here. So it's what you're saying. Like, da 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 freeze, bad metaphor. <laughs> So what you're saying is the chicken sandwich is kind of like dicks. And you were <laughs> like, I don't really like dicks. I thought no. I would. I thought I was supposed to. But now that I've had it, I want something else. Is that? <laughs> That's not it at all. Chicken sandwiches are getting drunk in a place that I want to get drunk in. But now you are over it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Do I need to restart the chicken sandwich story? I don't what think so. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is I was not ever having a chicken sandwich. Right. All of my straight friends were having chicken sandwiches, going to these straight bars. Okay. Because they were enjoying themselves. So now that I'm going and having my chicken sandwiches, they're like, Brie, we've been over chicken sandwiches since we were 24. Why do you still want to eat chicken sandwiches? And right, I'm like, okay. I didn't start having chicken sandwiches until I was 24. Right. And you're like, let me get over it. But it's like, it's my turn to realize that it's not that great. And that is kind of how I feel about clubbing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean. So it's like, it's delayed. It's your, the time <laughs> The time frame where you're obsessed with chicken sandwiches it's comes just later, later than everybody life. else. <laughs> yes. Wow. yes. Wow, that's a new low for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. Um I used to go to the Bourbon Bar in Vancouver, which is like a country bar. Talk about a confusing place for a newly out lesbian to go because Every girl there is wearing a flannel. So try and differentiate. Here's the thing. Everyone there wearing a flannel, dancing in like cages and on a mechanical ball. If that's not yeah. a little bit of confusing sexual energy for a lesbian, I would assume. <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I remember like I would go with all my straight friends and I remember walking around that bar and like trying to find to a chicken sandwich. Find a fucking chicken sandwich. I was making eye contact with all these sandwiches walking around. All the sandwiches walking by me. And I'm like, which one of you is a chicken sandwich? No, ham, veggie. It wasn't what yeah. you wanted. It wasn't what I wanted. And I just remember like that being so important to me. But I was young enough and 
didn't have queer friends that knew where the chicken sandwiches were. <laughs> so like, I didn't know where to get one. <laughs> so I would just continually, continuously go to these straight bars and get like veggie pita wraps and nowhere in sight was a chicken sandwich. And I started to think that chicken sandwiches didn't exist. Right. Okay. And then one day, one day while I was at the bourbon, I Googled lesbian bar Vancouver, AKA chicken sandwiches chicken in sandwich. my area. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I Googled it and I was at this bar with all my friends. I was like 19 and this lesbian bar name popped up. And sure enough, it was only like a five minute walk away. And I was like, I'm going, I'm not even going to tell you where I'm going. I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm just going to duck out and walk there alone. That's how much I wanted to find people and representation. But I literally at this point had no idea who to reach out to. I didn't have any other queer out women in my circle. Um, and I really didn't know where to start. So I started with a Google search and I walked alone at night to this where this bar location was only to find when I got there that it was no longer a lesbian bar, but it was now the pint in Vancouver. Oh, no. <laughs> Which, is, Which another is objectively worse than the bar. bar. <laughs> yeah. Which is another big straight bar. And I remember being like my soul was, was crushed because it took so much like bravery and like inner, like I fuck it. I'm just going to go for it to, be willing and desperate enough to have a queer space to walk there alone, not tell you where I was going and be like, I know this is going to be embarrassing when I walk in this bar and I'm not, cause I'm not going to have any friends, but I just need to try. Like, like I need fuck to go. My safety. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do it. Like I was that desperate. And then I get there and it's like this big white straight male bar predominant. And I'm like, fuck my life. So, I was really sad. And then I spent like another year or two never getting the opportunity to go to a um, queer space. Like I kind of just gave up on finding it because as we know, and we've talked about on this podcast before, specifically for queer women centered spaces, they are not brick and mortar locations. So trying to find them, you kind of have to know someone in order to like know what's going on in the yeah, community. It's like the, the secret password kind of deal. Yeah. And, um, it was just, it was really hard for me to not have that. So once I did find that, I naturally wanted to go every chance I got because I had spent the first, you know, 20 plus years of my life, not knowing anyone like me or seeing anyone like me in real life or being in safe spaces. And I think a lot of um, LGBTQ plus people can relate to the feeling of like arriving home when you walk into your first safe space and you're like, it's such a relief. You're like, there's people like me and I feel safe here and people get me. Um, I also think that I like have to limit myself. I think a big thing for me as well is that like, it was nice to um, like get absolutely shit faced and like just worry about like me being too shit faced as like the biggest issue 
yeah. rather than like when I would go to a straight bar, I would be like, oh, well, if I get wasted, like I'm going to like, you know, maybe become like more feminine or like, you know, like yes. I'm going to like kind of like lean into these like personality traits like that yeah. I have that maybe I should be like conscious of not being that way for my safety. Like it's nice to like have that guard down. <laughs> totally. Just, it's like, so freeing. Yeah. And I also think it's funny, like, I remember when we would go out clubbing for, like, my straight friend's birthdays, and then, like, halfway through the night, we'd be like, oh, thank God, like, it's time. And we would, like, like, the gays would, like, like, and, like, get in a cab and, like, go to our bar. And, like, just that, like, sigh of relief. Sigh of relief? Mm -hmm. Is that, does yeah. that make sense? I don't know. Anyways, yep. relief. I released. <laughs> <laughs> just that big release when you walk in. <laughs> um, Sean just releasing himself all over the gay yeah. bar. <laughs> but like, it, it's just such a different feeling. Like you, you feel so much more comfortable. And then I also mm -hmm. think that like, you see delayed adolescence like through so many age groups in the queer community as well because so many people come out at different times like people have yes. been married before and then they come out later in life so like it's almost like every single time you're out you kind of like feel that in some way <laughs> like I'm yeah. like I feel like there is at least one person almost every single time that I'm out that is like here for the first time and <laughs> you like almost like yeah. pick up on that energy and that excitement and that yeah. like feeling of home and you're like okay I vibe with that <laughs> yeah and whether you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 when it's your first time being able to be in a space where you get to be yourself or being out and getting to date someone that actually aligns with your sexual orientation and who you are um or getting to you know go on multiple dates or flirt with people that align with your sexual orientation it is like the first time that many people would experience when they're 14, 15, 16. Um, like kissing but, somebody at a sleepover yeah. <laughs> or like a slumber party or like someone's exactly. birthday. <laughs> or someone adds you on MSN messenger. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> but like these people are experiencing it in a way that aligns for them and their sexuality for the first time at whatever age that might be. And a good example of this is there's kind of this, um, app-wide joke going back to tiktok which oh, you can God. follow me. no <laughs> brianne williamson underscore on tiktok thank you um and you have your big sis <laughs> <laughs> and um there's this like app-wide joke of all of these like middle-aged women posting about how tiktok has made them gay because they've been like suppressing all these like whether it's bi queer lesbian feelings for so long just simply because like we've talked about many times before maybe the representation in their community or their friend group wasn't there and all of a sudden they're on this app and seeing all these like smoking hot lesbians one of which brianne williamson underscore is doing really well on there so i heard she's pretty pretty hot yeah and i feel like the middle-aged women like find it inspiring to see like an older woman on there too. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that old bitch <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah so i actually funny enough had a dm from a woman, I posted one of my TikToks, a very quick 20 second clip about delayed adolescence. And um, for 
queer individuals. And she uh, DM'd me, followed and DM'd me on Instagram and said, hey, I just wanted to thank you so much for posting that because I... Um, before hearing that, I thought I was going crazy because I'm in my mid thirties. Um, I'm recently divorced from a man and realized that I am a lesbian and I just want to like go out to a bar and make out with like five girls. And I want to be like texting all these girls. And I feel super messy because like, this is something that in her words is not appropriate for my age. And I think that that's the perspective of a lot of people that don't necessarily understand the queer experience. It's this under, it's this feeling of like, what's appropriate for what age group. But what you don't understand is those are like, those are growing milestones that everyone goes through. Just queer people. A lot of times don't get to start those milestones until later in life. Absolutely. What, by the way, while I was speaking there, Sean was hiding in his closet, like reverting back through the clothing in his closet. Were, were you looking for something? Were you? No, I was stretching my back. <laughs> okay, speaking for, of old for bitches. Any, for anybody listening, I've been doing <laughs> Chloe Ting's two-week shred. So <laughs> I'm just getting like pretty shredded. So I had to stretch my back because I'm just so shredded, you know? <laughs> my body's oh, just yeah. not not used to being so shredded. <laughs> yeah. The more shredded you get, the more you gotta stretch it out. I get it. Yeah. I, I also think bad. it's funny though when like somebody mostly straight people are like, oh like um gay men are so promiscuous, which like tea. But <laughs> but also it's like you guys have like 16 and pregnant. Like that is like, like, I'm like, that is literally the understanding of delayed adolescence is that like, you guys have a show about it. Not that, like not shaming that in any way, but yeah. it's like, you know, that is like a very oh, clear yeah. differentiation of two timelines going on. <laughs> and speaking to like different timelines, like as Sean mentioned earlier, there are people that come out at a really young age and are like, out and proud throughout high school. So like maybe they won't have as much of a delayed adolescence experience. Um, so it's not, it's not like that just because you're LGBTQ plus, you have to wait till a certain age to start doing things. And then that's when it starts for you. It's different for everyone. It's just that when you're born into a world where the understanding is that you're going to be cis and heterosexual, um, and then it takes a certain amount of time for you to either discover that you're not or be comfortable with coming out as someone who is not, then obviously things are going to kind of like your, your real world and living your truth opens up in that time. I so, do think though, like e even a lot of people that, even a lot of people that come out young don't necessarily have other people that come out young with them. So it's like you are coming out, say, like at 16 or earlier, but even if you're accepted in high school, like you most likely don't have other like queer people to like kiss or like, you know, talk to about your struggles, your like understandings. There's not like mm -hmm. that, that group of people. So I think like finding your group is also like a step on that timeline. <laughs> Yeah, so true. I also get a lot of messages from people that are not old by any means. I mean, it depends what you define as old. Obviously, Sean thinks I'm the oldest bitch on the planet. Um, true. At the right <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Um, But um, 
that message me and are like, Hey, I'm embarrassed because I'm whatever age. And I still haven't hooked up with someone or dated someone before. So now that I'm on the dating scene, like newly on an app or going out to queer spaces, I feel really self-conscious in trying to date anyone or hook up with anyone because I feel like I should have already done this because I think in a lot of cases, they're comparing it to the timeline of their heterosexual friends that, you know, kiss someone for the first time when they're 14, 15, 16, you know, sleep with someone at whatever age, have probably had multiple significant others or partners um, in heterosexual relationships by the time they end college. Um, that's fairly normal. Whereas for queer people, as you mentioned, they're not necessarily, even if they're out, they're not necessarily in a space where there's opportunities to date or um you know have sex or whatever you want to call hooking up kiss someone else so it's nothing to be ashamed of if you are you know 20 something 30 something 40 something and you haven't done that yet and anyone that you're dating that looks down on you as another queer individual for not having experienced queer relationships yet at whatever age like that's on them that's yeah they're a piece of shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's, it's crazy the amount of people but i remember being like 16 and being like oh my god it's so embarrassing that i haven't like or probably 15 that i haven't like kissed a guy yet oh my gosh when i kiss a guy it's gonna be so embarrassing because i don't know how to kiss and i remember thinking that when i was like 15 yeah. As if I was like, I was someone who was supposed to already be this like sexual expert, <laughs> like yeah. just because my other friends had. So don't compare I, your own journey. I also think that like, obviously shame is a big thing that a lot of people feel in terms of delayed adolescence, but like there is a lot to be said about the weight of like societal pressure. <laughs> so yeah. It doesn't mean that you like didn't look inwards enough or that like you haven't checked enough boxes. Like you spend your entire life being told that you should be following this path. And if you are now realizing that this whole path was maybe a lie, <laughs> like that's okay. You're not behind in any way. I also think it's like the same thing with like virginity in a weird way that when you, you hear you know, everybody else doing it at a certain age, you feel this pressure to almost do it for like the wrong reasons. Like you might like rush into your first queer experiences just because you want to say that it has happened, you know? Yeah. No, hundred like percent. And like, that's not great either. <laughs> like, no. I think you should, you should move at a rate that you are comfortable with. And if you're recently out of the closet at like an older age, you shouldn't feel the need to like have to make up lost time because there isn't really lost time. Yeah. Or lie about the fact that you've already had queer experiences or relationships. Yeah. Like I have one girl reach out to me and she was like, should I just tell people that I've dated girls before? And I'm like, no, just be like, you're my first girlfriend. That's cool. Yeah. You can like own that. That's that's whatever. Like, you know what I mean? And also because you don't want to get yourself in the web of lies of what you've already experienced or not. Like yeah. I can't think of anything more stressful. These you keep dating the person, they're like, Oh yeah, so who is your ex-girlfriend? You're like, um, um, um she is dead now. So I don't want to talk about her. <laughs> 
oh my god r.i.p yeah they're like this is my vagina and you're like i've seen lots and this looks like every other one i've seen (laughs) so i know what to do with it (laughs) here we go here we go oh my god but yeah so i think like that's also why people will go into queer spaces and probably see a higher age age range um because there will be people that are younger obviously but there's a couple reasons one because i think this delayed adolescence thing i think people um are going out to places like clubs later in their life um dating later in their life um but also you have to remember there's only so many queer spaces so it's kind of like a small town bar in a way. Like there's this bar in a Soyuz, um, which is a place in the interior of BC where they only have like one bar called the Sage. So you go in there and there's everything from 18 year olds with fake IDs all the way up to 72 year olds playing Kino and everything in between. There's people on the dance floor. There's people playing pool because there's only Bree's one. Pl- Bree's playing Kino. <laughs> I'm playing Kino because obviously I'm up there with the <laughs> 70 year olds. Um, and gay bars are similar because even in a big city, there's only so many spaces so everyone kind of goes to one of the few that are available yeah that's Um, the thing it's like it's also funny though when you go out and you see people of different age groups at the same location for different things if that makes sense like sometimes i'm like at a gay bar and i'm like blackout drunk and then i like look over and there's like a few older gay guys at the bar like having a drink Yes. And it's like, because they want to go out and they want to be with other queer people. And that's like their only choice. Like, they're like, maybe I don't want to, you know, have like house music blasted into my ear, but I don't really have another choice. And also, a lot of gay bars turn into gay clubs at night. So it's like, maybe they just started there for a drink and now I'm like on the stage beside them. It's so true. Like the drag show we've talked about a bunch of times, like starts as a bar and like a drag show. And sometimes they'll have like trivia and stuff and it's all tables. And then at a certain time of night, literally all the staff like run out into the middle of the bar and clear all the tables in like a five minute time span. Yeah. And it they like spray like- everybody with water like a cat. and it becomes like a huge dance floor and like club music so yeah like you said i was actually talking to um jet sean's friend jet um and my friend too but i met him through you and um we were talking about how there's no like cool like queer like wine lounges oh yeah or like even just like a casual gay or queer bar <laughs> yeah like, wouldn't it be nice to like i'm talking like not like a restaurant and not like a club like a place you can go and have like a really nice cocktail or a you know glass of wine in a lounge atmosphere um wouldn't that be so nice oh yeah for like dates and stuff i feel like that's really missing but i mean beggars can't be choosers because like we are lucky to live in vancouver and have any queer spaces but it can always get better. So I'm going to stand by saying that. Um, I also but think yeah. it's funny because like we um, have like some wine lounges and stuff. But um, the last time I went to a wine lounge, uh, a car reversed to me 
and said it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. So, oh. <laughs> so, so it that... would be nice to have a queer wine lab. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, and I feel like it's an incredibly um, lame insult. And I think I've told the story before, but like that specific insult, I'm like, if you're gonna hit me with some insults, you know, make it fire. Like, <laughs> I want to feel the burn. I feel like you need to make a um, uh, gay wine bar called the Garden of Eden or the Garden of Stephen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it's like all grape vineyards. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like around. I that love would be that. amazing. <laughs> This is a retaliation just, for what you've been through just, with your wine lounges. Yeah. I have that license plate written down, and they are getting the first invite in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, um, if you're listening, know that if you are um, maybe in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and you're feeling like your adolescence has been delayed and you want to be messy and you want to make out with four people and you want to flirt with people and you want to date around, you are not alone. It is definitely a normal queer experience. Um, it's a shame that society um, makes us feel like we have to hide ourselves for so long and puts us in a position where it takes sometimes a really long time for us to live our authentic lives. Um, but it totally makes sense why once we do, we want to get a little messy. Yeah, I think just to wrap this whole episode up, I'll, um, I'll bring it back to a really beautiful story that I heard. So, you know, <laughs> there's no shame in um, after years of being told that you can't have a chicken sandwich there's no shame in when you first eat that chicken sandwich you know it getting <laughs> over your shirt and it being a little messy so, <laughs> you know go on and eat as many chicken sandwiches as your heart desires exactly. you there's know? no shame in kind of you know having to figure out how to maneuver this chicken sandwich because you've never had one before so <laughs> yes all right, so wherever you're listening, make sure that you are following or um, subscribed. It really helps us out. Also, make sure to go to takecareof.com and use code EXPLAIN50 to get 50% off your first order of customized vitamins and supplements delivered to your door. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast and personally at Sean.Lusk and at Brianne Williamson. And until next time, we will... Oh, no. See you around the camera. <laughs> See you around the gamerhood. <laughs> One of these days we'll be back together, Sean, and this will all be fixed. Oh, it'll be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Mm.